Hello, and welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we are on the line with someone who is really going to change therapy, who's super innovative. Her name is Dr. Chandler Chang. It's the first name I have not screwed up pronouncing. I'm so proud of myself. Um, She is the owner of Therapy Lab, which is in L.A., And although it's only a local practice, the reason why I wanted to have her on is because we've talked about therapy a lot on this show. And while I've definitely really talked a lot about my negative experiences with therapy, I do think overall it's a positive thing. And I think her approach is really going to change how people do that. Like, I feel like we're having this conversation now and check in with me in five years because everyone is going to be doing this. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad what you're doing, like Amanda said, and we love that it's a little bit more innovative and a little bit more personal. So we kind of just want to jump right into things. Can you kind of walk us through what 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 is therapy lab and what are you doing differently? Sure. I would love to explain it. And it's exciting to know that you already kind of understand the concept because it's really different. And sometimes, you know, people are getting it. Sometimes I have to try to think of creative ways to explain it. But basically the way people are getting into therapy these days is there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of mystery around it. You don't really know how long it's going to last or what kind of therapist you're going to get. The public is not always very educated about what kind of questions to ask or what their rights are. And so I've decided that I think what some people are looking for is just something a little bit more transparent, time-limited, and based on specific goals, which I can explain. Um, So some people... Some people like the mystery. Let me just put that out there too. And I have all the respect in the world for the therapist who like to maintain the mystery. If that's what people like, you know, that's, that's their thing. They can totally go for that. But I think there's a big segment of the population that has a really specific goal and they may not want to be in therapy forever. They just want to kind of go somewhere and do some skills and learn some things that they can take with them. And so some of those things that people might be struggling with are insomnia or irritable bowel syndrome. Maybe it's like, maybe it's just depression and anxiety, or maybe it's something really specific and interesting like fear of flying. You guys would be shocked at how much of the population is terrified of flying, which I guess for obvious reasons, that kind of makes sense. So for these things that people are struggling with, we have, we offer a time-limited basically a package, or we like to call them adventures because we really like this to be, you know, as much as it can be, we really want to make this kind of fun and interesting and playful. But of course, people, sometimes it's very serious and and we just accept the full range of emotions that people have with their challenges. But we offer, we offer a series of sessions that we think work really well for people and and people kind of like it, which is really exciting that it's working for people. That's amazing. It's, so you offer like, so instead of having like, for people who haven't been to therapy, although I feel like people I who listen to this, you know, how therapy works. Yeah, well, and I think like most people for the most part at some point in their lives have been to therapy. Yeah, yeah, which is like, it's open-ended. And I'll tell you, it's really funny. I actually stopped going to my last therapist because I couldn't like... First of all, I can't do a weekly appointment. My life is too crazy. And I know that makes me sound like the biggest jerk, but like 
Yeah. I mean, Allie knows like our lives. Are, well, I don't think it's hard to be sure. I just think it's, it, you're being realistic with yourself, right? You know, you yes. can't commit to going in weekly and, and that's just, that's just life. Like if it's you're the way it is. chaotic and you can't prioritize it for yourself, then in, in that moment, then that is not a priority for you it, in the sense of I need to go every week. So it, always it doesn't feels... necessarily work for you. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like, I think a lot of the time it feels like an obligation that's supposed to feel good. And I feel like it never feels good because it's like, I would have like, I'll say, I'm actually really thinking you might be my future therapist because (laughs) I feel like you're manifesting it. I'm manifesting it. (laughs) I love it. You go in and I'm like, there are certain things in my life that I would love to like emotionally get rid of, handle and figure out. And I, I know when I say me, I'm sure that like everyone has a laundry list of like, everyone has I'd like to stop to hating my dad. I'd like to break yeah. up with my best friend. I'd like to not be afraid of vinegar, not necessarily vinegar, <laughs> um, but like random things that people have phobias of and it's like you go and it's just it's expensive it feels like never I feel like it's good to have that goal in mind because it really allows you to focus on things Mm -hmm. instead of like it's just oh we're gonna go in and like maybe we'll get to this and then I feel like I end up talking about traffic for 20% of the I mean (laughs) that's really that is so true yeah if, if there's not structure to the session, you can end up talking about something and then think clients might leave thinking, wait, like, I don't know if that really helped me, <laughs> you know, to talk about the traffic or whatever. No, it's, it's true. So what made you think about doing things differently? Because you said that you were a therapist for 10 years, you know, that you do have a traditional practice as well. And I'm sure that does, obviously that helps a lot of people, but I also think too, like, as like, millennials too it's like we just don't know there's something that's like that seems like having a goal and going there with intentions and having that in mind it just seems more practical to me and maybe like you don't end up dealing with every problem but you learn how to deal with one or you start that's exactly it and you create some momentum and then maybe you go on and do a, either another package or maybe you decide then that you want a different kind of therapy or or maybe you're done and but yeah that's exactly right like just figuring out one little thing on your list can really have a contagion effect on other parts of your life and also by the way I think you just gave me an alternate name like this could mm-hmm. also be called manifest lab because the idea of mm-hmm. one goal and like going for it is also very much like this this lovely idea that people have right now about manifesting what you want in your life that's really very much in line with what we're doing um, but you asked me a great question which is how did I come up with this idea and I'll tell you exactly where this started forming for me it was you know, in my practice, I have a certain number of hours each week and I charge a certain fee that I have to charge to maintain my rent and this and that and all the expenses. Mm -hmm. And I was getting so many calls, like, you know, five to 10 calls a week from people who would, you know, call me on the phone and be so vulnerable and say, this is what I'm having a hard time with. I really need to work with someone. And I would have to break the news to them, like, you know, I don't have any more time in my schedule and like, this is my rate. And, and I didn't know where to send people who said, I can't afford the market rate for a therapist. It's, it's really expensive, right? Especially in LA and especially if you're going every week. So I decided 
you know, having time-limited science-based um, goal, goal, there's a lot of hyphens in my, in my content, <laughs> science-based, time-limited, goal-directed packages at a lower cost would be a really cool concept. And so, because I mean, I hate to use the word scalable for such a human interaction, but it's it's a slightly more scalable therapy concept, if that makes sense. No, it, it does. And I also think that like, and I've talked about this on the podcast and I, and I talk about it like in my writing is, I think I talked about this yeah. for a sweat life, which is one of the websites that I write for, you know, the whole thing with like insurance companies right now, you know, they're not paying, frankly, like, I don't think they pay practitioners enough. I think we're paying all this money. Um, mm. and no one wants to, you've, I know that it involves a ton of paperwork. No one takes yeah. insurance. And even if you do, there's a copay anyway, so you're still paying for it. And it just, it becomes like a really big expense for people that like in the short term is doable. And in the long term, not everyone has an extra, you know, yeah extra money to do it every single week. It's so true. It's really complicated. And and the other part of that is that one thing we're doing at Therapy Lab is we're not just treating mental illness. We're treating, we're supporting people like thriving and flourishing. So this isn't really even so much medical in some ways. It's so, yeah, insurance is a tough nut to crack. And um, instead of going, instead of offering insurance, services, you know, services through your insurance company, we just decided let's find a way to just offer this at basically half the price of most therapy sessions out there. So it makes a lot of sense. And I also like that you say this too, and I think it's really important, which is a lot of people think that therapy is for people who are suffering from mental illness, um, like really severe or rather have a severe level Whereas, like, I don't think people realize that, like, going to therapy, if you're, like, you know, if you have a little bit of depression or a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of something around a particular issue, therapy can be for you, too. It doesn't have to be if things are in crisis mode. It can be, like, this thing is bothering me. I want to fix it. I can improve my life and make it a part of, like, your overall, like, wellness and self-care instead of just, like, my life has gone to shit. Well, yeah. Right. I, I like that you said that, Amanda, because like I, in my mind too, it's like, you don't have to just look at it and, go, and associate. I think a lot of people associate therapy in general sometimes with a negative connotation because like it's something I have to do, right? It's something I have to, like you said, I have to go every week or whatever it is, but it's like, it's something that you choose that you think something that you want to check in with that maybe you're just working through or something you're aware of that's bothering you, but it's really not like affecting your everyday life, but it is something you want to work through. It's like, there should be options for things like that too. It doesn't have to just be like crisis mm-hmm. mode. Right. Yeah. You guys are exactly right. And I actually think that younger, you know, the younger you are, the more people are really getting this. And that's why um, on college campuses, across the country on campus mental health centers are just they're completely swamped because I think the younger generate <laughs> so I'm talking like I'm like super old but um these young kids these days they just really you know yeah. really want to reflect on themselves and I think it's awesome and I think it's really cool to just 
honestly, you know, I like to think of myself not so much as a wellness guru, but really more like a total nerd about the science of all this stuff. But there's so many little hacks that you can learn about how your brain works that it's really, why wouldn't we, right? Want to get the most out of our brain power and our emotional, you know, intelligence, all that good stuff. No, I, I agree. I think it's so important. And one thing I think we said that, and I don't know what episode this was on. So if someone remembers, you know, email me my emails in the show notes, email us. I was talking about coaching a lot. And yeah. I was saying that like, I feel like a lot of people who are in like the coaching realm are kind of crossing over to that. And I feel like even though you have way more training, I mean, there's no comparison between someone who's a coach and someone who's a PhD in terms of training. But I do think that what you're doing is taking a little bit from that industry of like, I have a goal in mind and I want to work on it. Yeah. And that I think is a really interesting approach. And I said like in this episode, I really wish I could remember what episode I was saying this on, but where I I think that like a lot of people in the psychology field are kind of, I don't want to say they're losing out, but I feel like they are, people are choosing coaches instead of psychologists because the traditional experience just isn't practical for, for everyone. Um, yeah. And I think that like to pretend it's like, we can't pretend that the world today is what it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or, you know, when like young and like Freud were around, like we can't do it. Things are different. The way we work is different. Technology has changed everything. And I believe it has changed our brains and you can even see that. And I'm sure, you know, more studies than I do, but I always hear about studies with children and screen time and the phones. And it's just sort of like, why are we trying? Why can't we adapt, you know, something that's really good, like therapy to just work better? Like, like you're almost like a therapist for therapy in like a (laughs) weird way. Like, okay, therapy. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, so what are people working on? Like, what are the, what are the issues that you can tackle in shorter packages? Cause obviously there are certain things that people do need ongoing help with, but what, what can people accomplish and, and how many sessions does it usually take? Well, that is such a great co- uh, great point about coaches. And um, I'll, I'll answer that question. And I'll also just add one more thing to that is that one, one thing that is that a trained psychologist can bring to that conversation um, is just an awareness for every now and then, you know, we might get a client who maybe is experiencing something a little bit more serious. They may come in thinking they're working on like adulting, but we may say like, oh, you know what? from 20 to 30 years old is the time, especially for females in their late twenties, that's when uh, like like psychotic symptoms or psychosis might emerge or something more serious, like bipolar disorder might become more recognizable. So I think coaching is awesome. And I love a lot of the tactics for motivation that's used in that field. But I think also having the expertise to say, you know what, you're, you're going to be a better fit, not at therapy lab, but to see this specialist and what you're experiencing. So um, that's just one thought I have on that, but you're right. I think psychologists need to catch up with, with what's going on. So you asked for specifically, you know, what something we can do. And let me just take social anxiety as an example. 
Mm-hmm. There's so many examples, but I love our integration of the VR equipment because it is so, it's just so interesting. It's so cool. And it makes, it, it's like a very specific tool that can make therapy just quicker. So um, let's say you come to Therapy Lab and you have you have social anxiety and you're a person who goes to a lot of like dinners with your friends and you're you're feeling a lot of anxiety in that situation. We have this really cool VR equipment from it's a, from a company called Limbix and their their content is just so cool. You put on the the headset and you actually feel like you're sitting at a dinner party or you know out with friends. And you can look and see the faces. And as our, as the therapist, we can control the response that you're getting from the other people. So they may be looking at and giving you a side eye or they may mm-hmm. be like laughing at you or they may be smiling and really like jovial. And so you just practice making conversation or you can practice giving a talk in front of a large audience. And once you come and do that for about six or seven sessions, your anxiety—I I can't make guarantees because that's against our ethics code. But let me tell mm-hmm. you that the evidence suggests that it works a lot for a lot of people, and anecdotally, it works. And it's—it's fine. It's—it's more—it's it, fun, and it's—it's it's easier to do than actually setting up a situ- a real life situation. Of course, that's the goal at the end: is that you would be doing that in real life and experiencing that exposure. That's really interesting. Another thing I noticed on your website is that you have adulting sessions. And I think that's so funny because like, I am the worst, like I'm literally the worst adult and I never want to deal with anything. (laughs) And like, and people say like, well, I was talking to, um, I was on the phone today with, um, like, a publicist about an article. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I like, didn't get back to you or like, I just, we were going back and forth on something and it wasn't a big deal, but I was just describing it really poorly. Cause I write articles. I'm terrible at writing emails. Also headlines. Um, <laughs> like literally the worst. I'm like, <laughs> header. Yeah, you're just super talented. Oh my, you're so nice. It's like the two things I can't write. I write, I don't even like proofread my emails and it sounds like they're written by a five-year-old or a cat just like tapping on the keyboard. I mean, it's bad. Um, but I was like, let's, and we're talking and I'm like, please, I'm like, I know I sound like a hot mess. Cause like, I'm kind of, I have so much work. I'm kind of doing everything last minute, not because like, it's like I'm cramming, like it's high school. I just have like a lot of stuff going on and it's just mm-hmm. sort of what it is. And I'm like, I feel like I'm like the worst. She's like, oh my God, no, I don't think you're a hot mess. And I, I always think I'm a hot mess, but I never like want to deal with anything. So what are the, and I feel like I'm married. I have like a lot going on. Like, I feel like for someone who thinks of themselves as like terrible at adulting, I'm probably better than I think I am. But like, Mm -hmm. what are the things that people, what do you see people having trouble with and how does it bring them to you? Cause I feel like it's adulting to go to a therapist about adulting. Oh, that's true. You know, I just think this concept is so interesting. In in the twenties, there's so many things to figure out, and what we what I found in my in my other practice that I'm carrying over into therapy lab is a lot of people in that age group just want to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and help them figure out. Okay, what are the priorities? What are the things I'm going to work on that's actually going to make me feel like this is going okay. And, um, sometimes it's just the smallest tweak, you know, for example, 
if you're if you're feeling like you're not adulting very well in the financial area, just checking your credit card statements every month so that you Ooh. make sure it's all lined up. Like the simplest things can just change your self concept. If you guys have noticed that, I don't know, you know, if that's something you've experienced. Or if you feel like you're not doing a great job taking care of your health, just commit to walking 20 minutes a day. Just, you know, little tiny changes are so powerful. It's, it's totally true. What do you think about this whole like morning routine thing that everyone is obsessed with, with having these morning routines? Because I know I would be more efficient if I had one. And yeah. I can't do it. I just can't. I try I'm with you. Like I, I have tried to adapt so the whole morning routine, and I like. There's days where some days where I can, but I, I can't do it every day. And honestly, I've had to say to myself, like, you know what? Routines don't personally work for me all the time. Sometimes they do, but not all the time. So I try to find ways that I can find little tweaks, like what John Chandler's saying, with mm-hmm. like know a quick 10 minute this or a quick like instead of just committing to i have to do a b c and d like sometimes i feel like some people's brains don't work like that so like Mm -hmm. little is like she's saying and little tweaks i feel like makes a lot more sense for a lot of people yeah i love that i mean the tiny like even if you just commit to take a probiotic every morning i mean seriously these things really Mm -hmm. add up and contribute to the next length it's like a you know it can be like a, a chain or a domino effect Um, I also like, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty routine person, but as a therapist, I really have to step outside of myself when I work with clients and say, you're not a routine person. I think Amanda, it was you who said you're not the routine person. I want to be, I'm just like, not, you know what it is. And I, now I'd, I'd love to know your opinion about this, which is like, I feel like I commit to so many things and I feel like I do. And I'm not like bragging here. I'm, I'm really not because my mom tells me I always brag about being busy, but I'm like, I do more than like most people I know. Um, and whenever someone says they're bored, I'm like, I, it's, I don't even know what that means. Like I'm always on the go. I'm always working on something. I have very little downtime. And I think it's just like, well, I do all my life to commit to a morning routine. Like, I'm good at all the other stuff, but like, yeah, well, I just don't want to push myself. I know that I'm so whiny right now. Like, everyone is not. Everyone is I love it. I love it. You're just getting real, girl. No, but it's true. It's like, I don't want to push myself that way. I'm like, I push myself in every other way, or people are like, why don't you do this? Or why don't you train for a marathon? I'm like, I keep, all I do is push myself. And it's like, when, what is the fine line between, pushing yourself so you know everything is better and just saying like, it's okay. You don't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great question. I, I, I've i been thinking a, a lot about this lately because just starting this place, getting it all set oh, yeah. up, furniture and everything else, I've been kind of around the clock too. And I think, I really think that sometimes I, you have to, or you, I would advise like, hey, check in with yourself. Sometimes are you doing stuff because of anxiety? Or are you doing stuff because it's really your full choice? Because um, sometimes if we stop for a second, even if it's just maybe not a daily morning routine, but one day of the week, if you had a set routine, if you step outside of that anxiety and just say, well, I'm super anxious. I should be checking emails right now, or I should be doing this or that watch that wave crash because emotions are like waves or like storms and you'll feel like anxious. Oh no, I should be checking that. And then it'll crash and you'll say, Oh, now I can actually choose to check the emails because I know I don't have to. 
um, it passes. Does that make sense? Cause I think no, it does. And, I, and I'm like nodding my head at Amanda because that resonates with me so much because like just a little back history for you. Like I'm a new mom of 14 month old. And so I God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I've gone through my own challenges of ups and downs of finding routine, not routine. What is my somewhat of routine, all these different things. And like that resonates so much because I have had to do that where I have looked at things and been like, it's okay to just let this go and not, answer these emails today, or it's okay to not answer those texts today. And I've had that anxiety and I'm finally getting to a place now where I feel like I'm more mindful and I'm giving myself Mm -hmm. permission to feel that crash and just be like, it's okay. And then go back to it. So I love that you just said that. Yeah. Isn't that such an interesting feeling when you realize, oh, like I could take that hour and everything is okay. Or maybe everything's not okay, but you realize I just took care of I just have to take it. Yep, exactly. And I have had some days where it's been fine and other days I've come back and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is shit show. Like I can't believe I took that time, but I still have to say to myself, it's okay, I took that time. So it's like, yeah. I, I like said that. I think it can be so empowering too, just to say, I just did that and F them all because I just did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like all the people, all the people waiting for my emails or all the people that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I think just a good move. And I think it's something I'm, I mean, I'm sorry to go feminist on here on y'all here, but no, like, no, no, we, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's sometimes something that women, like it's a woman's sensitivity to bring that. I think rather than us really melding to the like 24 seven, we're available all the time. Like as a mom myself, sometimes you just got to say like, Hey, look, we got to take a time out because my kid is right now or whatever the situation might be as a woman. Sometimes we have a special intuition about that. I think. No, I'll, I'm not a mom. And I actually agree. Like you're around a lot of moms. I mean, I'm around a lot of moms and I feel yeah. like I'll be really prepared for parenthood, but it's a truth. There are times when I realized like I was spending so much time on emails and trying to like please other people. And then I'm like, this is not possible. Yeah. And I'm just going to be really, and I know people email me five times and you know what? I don't, there's just nothing I can do. Like I have to think of myself first. I have to put my sanity before everything else. And I'm just like, you know what? Eventually things get answered. They, I, it's yeah. just sometimes self care is just not responding. It, it is what it is. We're all, but so I'm, connected I'm honest with you. people though. Right. I'm like, I'm really yeah. sorry. I have, I had 10 articles do this week yeah. and then people understand. I'm like, I realized like I wasn't telling people why well, I they just thought I was being a jerk to your space. Then you bring them yeah. into the situation that had, and they're like, Oh, of course you're stressed. Yes. Okay. No problem. And it's, but it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm bragging and I'm, but I'm just like, you know what? I just have to be honest with people. I'm like, I suck at time management. Like, it's just not something I'm, I'm good at. I'm not good at prioritizing. And I know that's bad to say, but it's bad to say, I think that it's good it's not my strong point. that you say you are bad at time management. Like you are acknowledging that you're bad at it and it's something that you have to work on. And I'm, and this is sort of part of it where I realized that like managing my time better means just being honest with people and saying, sorry, I didn't reply to your email. And and part of this, like, just look at my social sometimes. I know when I don't answer (laughs) people's emails, they look at my social media and then I kind of get that feeling they did when I finally reply to them. I know that's awful, but it's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Yeah. 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 
I mean, we kind of started our own little therapy yeah. session here. We can't tell. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> I, I just think it's so great when people are upfront about it because I don't know if you guys have had. I'm sure you've had this experience where you just you're just kind of confused. Like, why is somebody not doing something or getting back to you? And it's just every day. It creates more work rather than just somebody saying like, you're going to have to hold off for a week. And then you just know so that you deal with it. Right. So I respect what you're doing. And another thing is like, yes, sometimes we need to take a break, but you know what, for some, for some people in some situations, self-care might be working around the clock because that feels awesome sometimes and rewarding. It's just Sometimes it's different. <laughs> you guys are not saying anything. Maybe that does not register at all. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just listening and like kind of nodding our heads because it's like, I think some days, like I'm thinking for myself, but I think Amanda agrees too. Yeah. Like there's some days where we feel really good about working and we just yeah. keep pounding through and just work around the clock or yeah. as much as we can or whatever it is. And then there's yeah. some days where we're so burnt out and exhausted that we're like, I don't want to do this. I need to go for a walk or I need to take the dog for a walk or I need to take the baby for a stroll or I just need to get out. I'm going to Pilates for yeah. an hour. Don't bother me. Yeah. Like yeah. I need to turn off. I think it's just, yes. it just depends on what's going on. Or even, I don't know if you do this or if, if I know Allie does this because I learned this, you know, sometimes just putting your phone on do not disturb. Yes. I do yes. there. Yeah. 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 My husband, I'm trying to get my husband to turn his phone off at our dinner table. And there was a, I told him there's a actually research that even if your phone is off, but it's on a surface next to you, when you're having a conversation with someone, it reduces your attention to the other person. So I completely believe that. And I have had to learn myself because I'm guilty of that with Justin, my husband at dinner and when we go out and things like that. And so I now either, if I don't put it away, I at least turn it over. So it's face down. I do that. So he knows that my attention is to him and that I'm showing him, look, my phone is out, but it's down. And I try to like minimally check it, like maybe once or twice, just depending on how long, obviously our evening is out and what's going on. But I try to give him that and same with my friends. And I'm trying to be way better about that because my husband said the same thing. He's like, okay, so why am I out with you? Because you're just on your phone. Yes. It's really interesting. Have you guys been to restaurants lately and almost everyone at the table will be on their phones? Oh, yeah, you should just take a screenshot. Everyone's head (laughs) down into a screen. It's terrible. And it's, I think it really kind of, it's funny because like, I'll go to, I go to a lot of, and Allie too, we both go to a lot of events for work and we do have our phones on and my phone is always. Well, it's for work though. In my hand. Yeah. Filming what's going on, talking what's going on. People think it's fun and it is fun, but it's also work. It's still work. It's it's a more fun part of work, but it's still work. And it's like, I have, um, so my husband's friends from high school live like, and it's so weird in LA, they're a five minute drive from us. It's like never happens. Mm -hmm. And they have like a huge backyard and they have barbecues all the time. And I'll tell you, my mom is like, oh, why are you going out? Or like, aren't you tired? I'm like, no, it's the only place where I can go where like, I'm not on my phone the whole time where like, I actually, and it also maybe because like I drink and like smoke weed there, but like, (laughs) it's true though. It's like, I, I feel like it's the one time where like, it's my set away where like, I actually am not thinking about work. I'm enjoying food because one of his friends is like a chef. So (laughs) amazing. What? That's so amazing. It sounds yeah. like a great, a great getaway. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, exactly what is your self-care that, that person's house. 
No, it's it's true that he actually might be might be moving even closer, like oh, walking distance. I'm excited. <laughs> I hope it fingers crossed. Bonus. But it, it's true though. It's like I I need that. I need to mm-hmm. be like it's it's very hard. Do you find that people have trouble turning off? Just like in general, just like disconnecting. Absolutely. Yeah. I raise yeah. my <laughs> I, I raise my hand, although I really try to be conscientious about it. I think it also goes back to that anxiety thing. Like we're so used to having it and you can always find something stimulating on there, whether it's something you need to do or know about and like pulling away at first, it feels like an anxiety, right? Or an agitation to just yeah. turn the dang thing off. But then notice, like give it 20 or 30 minutes and notice and it will feel good you're you're, you'll be past the wave Um, it's totally true oh I want to ask you so I'm looking at the menu and you have mindful life eight sessions what is that because we are super into mindfulness even though if anyone who follows my Instagram stories knows I'm terrible at meditating and I try every week to do it and and, and to interrupt Mm -hmm. my question a little bit um when you answer this question and then can you also follow it up with, can you speak to what mindfulness is to you? Because where I feel like our society is doing a lot right now that kind of makes me personally crazy is I feel like everyone gets on these high of these buzzwords of mindfulness and manifesting and this and that. And it's like, that's all great and all, but like, what is the real, you know, um, context behind it? And like, so for someone like you, I'd be really interested to hear like what that means to you and like what you think that should do for other people versus kind of like it being this buzzword to a lot of people in our society. That is a great question. I love it. And, and actually I'll be honest with you. This is a point where as a new therapy startup company, like we're not exactly sure which direction we're going to go in with that right now. We basically offer mindfulness sessions with Dr. Chris Augustuson. She is a long practicing mindful, you know, she meditates for long periods of time every day and she will um, give you a series where, and she's training our therapists to provide this series, which is intensive mindfulness experiences in each session and then practice in between sessions. The, The evidence for what this does in your life is so incredibly positive. It just brings a whole new awareness to like your daily experience. It, it literally changes the way your brain processes your experience. Now, that is something we currently offer. Um, we also are kind of playing around with the idea that that might not be for every single person. That is a big commitment. Some people will love that. <clears throat> as myself, as a mother of two children, and I know that if you're not a mother, you can also be super slammed and overwhelmed, but me personally... Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm in mommy land. Trust me. <laughs> I also have a new puppy. I have a husband, a house. Wow. Like, you know, there's a lot going on. And I wow. just have found that that is not a great fit for me personally. And so, and, and it may not be a fit for all of our clients. So we're also playing around with the idea of offering a series. We, we might have like a mindfulness light and a mindfulness, like getting real, like serious mindfulness but mindfulness light would be being mindful when you're doing the laundry. How do you, what, where you would come in and say, yes. I'm, I'm feeling really distracted or like, I'm just not really attentive. Maybe you've just had a little car accident. Like something is off. So mm-hmm. 
just giving like changing some little habits in your day so that you're just more present and you're just more like in the moment. Um, we're all just ruminating and like in our thoughts so much of the time. So that, that, yeah. that's kind of an open-ended answer, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. I agree. There are times when like, it sounds so strange, but like there are times when I can't have any sound where I just like need to focus on what I'm doing. I can't have it. And it's really strange all of a sudden. And this kind of happened very recently. If there are sounds coming from two sources, like my phone and the TV, something about like, I don't know what happened, but this has been six months of this where I'm just like, I can't, it's like, you can't process yeah. I literally feel like someone is trying to like, like punch me in the face. Like it just, it feels so overwhelming. And it's like, sometimes I just need things. I'll even drive sometimes without a podcast on or music. Mm-hmm. I just like need quiet time in a way that is really different. And I, like my body almost craves it. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm really not great about meditating, even though I really want to be in every opportunity to meditate. Um, yes. But I just sometimes need to be really mindful. And that feels really good to me in a way it never did. And I don't know why it's like all of, I don't know the past year I had, um, I actually had an accident where I broke my back. Um, and I'm fine now, but like something happened when that happened Mm -hmm. and like it changed my brain, it changed my mind body connection and it sort of changed the way I think about everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. I heard you speaking about that in one of the episodes. I love that you listened. Not everyone does. Yeah, really? really nice. I'm obsessed with podcasts. I'm like every time I get in the car, I put them on. So I'm so excited to know about yours. Yes, of course. But I, I that's really. I mean, it sounds like just such an intense experience, and so interesting that you have this awareness that your your mind is different. I think some people don't always self reflect in that way, but. Um, the, the sensory experience, sensory experiences are so much connected to our emotional experience and that mind body, that is the mind body connection, right? So it's fascinating that you have noticed. So basically two sounds at once, sometimes you just cannot tolerate. It's really, it's almost bizarre. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me a little bit about, um, I'm blanking on the name of it, but you know, there's a very specific experience that some people have when they hear oh, other yeah. people. Yes. When they hear other people eating. <laughs> it's, what is, oh, what's, what's that? Misophonia. It's like, if you hear people eating or chewing or like cracking their knuckles, it's like bad. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. You know who has that? Anna David. Really? Former guest, Anna David, wow. who was on one of our first episodes. Yeah. Wow. It I'm can be really intense for some people. Like it can drive them into a rage, right? It um, really does. Yeah. But then there are other people, like, have you guys heard of this Korean concept of, I think it's called mungbang or something like that, where people will watch other people eating on YouTube and they f- experience like, immense joy and pleasure from watching and hearing other people eat and slurp a lot. <laughs> um, you got to look that up. It's pretty fascinating. In a little. So weird. I mean, I don't want to yeah. judge. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but like, I don't <laughs> understand that. Well, as somebody who used to work, I, I was at the UCLA in the eating disorders program for a long time. And I, it's, it's a little worrisome 
as somebody who's worked with people with, you know, eating issues to <laughs> the idea of watching other people basically binge eat is a little different, but it's just so interesting. Like some people love that experience and that sensory experience and some people loathe it and can't tolerate it. So back to the idea of the mindful life package, like having a therapist to walk you through the parts of your day where you're having some kind of reaction to something and being mindful that that's who you are and that's what you're dealing with and what to do with that, I think is is kind of a cool thing to do with that. That's no, I think like anything, anything can really, can really help. Um, What I want to ask you before we wrap it up, is there anything I'm sort of just like, are there any other things like that we should know about therapy lab and what you, and what you offer? Hmm. I would say, I mean, this might be a little off to say, but I think things feel off for people right now. I think, you know, all of us therapists, we're all like, we've never had so much demand. People are so anxious. There's a lot going on in our country right now. And I, the the thing on our quote menu that has been the most popular is the unified protocol for anxiety and depression. And I just, I don't know. I kind of worry about us. We're, we're thinking about climate change. We're thinking about our government being in flux and I don't know. I, I I just really hope that this is helpful for people and that I can make a difference in how people just feel. Um, No, I think that's beautiful. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's big or small. It, at the end of the day, you're trying to have it be a safe space for people and have it be a little bit different approach than what people are usually used to. And like Amanda said, it's like really nice that it's kind of a totally different out of the box kind of therapy that allows you to kind of enter into this space of where maybe you feel like you can get deeper in your thoughts or you can find more of a root without having to feel like you're maybe in this like conventional setting. So it's nice like that you're not only trying to of course help people and, and like, you know, um, bring peace to them and to like their day or whatever's going on with them, but also that you're trying to kind of really keep that mindfulness of like, Hey, all these things are playing out right now in our world. So maybe it's having that kind of effect and we are seeing more and more people have anxiety and depression. So it's it's amazing that you're trying to use these services to like play into that. And almost like, how do I reverse or rather to accommodate it, to accommodate what is affecting Mm -hmm. a lot of people right now. And I I think that help like almost reverse the effects of what people are going through. Exactly. And I also think, and this is really interesting that you say this, I think like you're like climate change, politics, I think if it's not one thing, it's another. And I think it doesn't matter if you're worried about the president or the fact that like, I'm terrified of downtown LA because of typhus, not all of downtown LA, you know, that's where you're all about. You know, everyone has different things. Everyone is like different things that they, I mean, honest to God, if those scooters do not get off my block, I'm going to oh throw God, them in the fucking ocean. Like, you throw them every day. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> it's like certain things are really triggering. I just, I don't like things yes. in my face. Um, and I yes. actually know why that is because in second grade, our teacher said that everyone is entitled to their space. And I think oh I just gosh, took that so thought, funny. something like that. And I think I just took that thought. It stayed in my brain and yeah, I ran. All, and then the day in sense when you're younger, you're 
condition. So it stayed in your mind. Like, this is my fate. Yeah. It's, and I mean, in a sense, yeah, we do have our own spaces, but especially nowadays, everyone's kind of in your space. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's a lot. I feel like people pretty, are, it's kind of, it's really funny though. You no, I know that. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. that sounds weird, but like, I'm pretty that's sure weird. that's what it, that's what it is. Like, that I remember her saying that. And I, I remember. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> She was no, right. Puts their foot on my chair. I hope that their foot falls off. It just <laughs> is. It just is what what it what it is. But what is the unified protocol? Like, what what happens during these sessions? Do you have like during session one, we're going to talk about A, B, and C. In session two, we're going to do D, 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 E, and F. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's actually, I mean, that, that sounds terrible, but that's, yeah, but basically you're right. I mean, it's, it's really neat. Basically every session has a couple of goals. You, so clients bring in their content. They bring in, okay, this is happening. I'm so mad at my roommate, all the things that they're struggling with or the dang scooters are on my block, whatever it is. But, um, we, we, um, do a combination of different kinds of CBT exercises, mindfulness exercises. It's a series, um, cognitive behavioral therapy is what I'm referring to with CBT, where we're going to help you track what's happening with your emotional experience. What are the triggers? What do you do with them? What are some different ways of thinking about them? So we have just all different strategies, um, with the basically the overarching idea of the UP, which is why I love it so much, is that our emotional experience can become dysregulated when we try not to experience that emotion. We like to think of our emotions like our emotion is like our wait, wait, what was funny? I'm just laughing because it's that's like my entire life. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, our, our emotions are our intuition. They're our gut. They're they're good. And we have gotten into such a habit of looking for happy, happy, happy that we're actually missing out on some really great depth of insight when we try to ignore our emotional experience. And then also on top of that, when we try to ignore what we're feeling, it just makes it kind of spiral. Does that make sense? Oh, a thousand percent to me. I like okay. all I do is I'm really like good. I was saying to them, like, I'm a workaholic um, and I love to avoid my feelings. And I will be like, oh, I feel bad. I'm like, okay, Amanda, stop feeling bad. Just do your work. You'll, you'll feel better. Like, what do I like, tell no you? Time. Just allow yourself to feel the feelings. And if I'm bad about that, like I'm, I'm the worst example of that. And then like, I get so stressed out or like, I'll just don't release it because I don't release it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what happens. And then there's the opposite. And then there's me who I became a mom and, and, you know, (laughs) young Chandler, you, I know you don't try to relate to this because as a mom, your emotions go all over. And then all of a sudden you feel all the feels and then you're trying to like somewhat chill out your emotions because it all comes out. Yes. Yeah. It's going to come out some way or another. So you might as well just let it come out first thing and, and then say like, just kind of notice it and learn from it and, and maybe journal about it or talk, talk to somebody. Um, yeah, we don't have a lot of great models in our society right now for just experiencing emotion. I I mean, maybe that's just my pet theory but I mean I I know you guys are in kind of the entertainment world and I have to say my guilty pleasure is that I love the Real Housewives of New York and basically like <laughs> love all of because <laughs> they're like real talk and sometimes their emotions get dysregulated and and maybe part of that is just because they're on a reality series but I mean it's good to just 
see people really emoting and being real about their relationships with each other. Um, like, you know, I go to a lot of movies that are made for kids and what mm-hmm. you see are people, it's like war, not war, but you know, like every, like it's really not a very, um, there's not a lot of emoting um, as part of our pop culture offerings. Am I, is this making no, any sense? No, I get it. No, I get it like a thousand percent. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's weird. And sometimes my 10-year-old wants to watch The Housewives with me. I'm like, well, I'm not sure. But I think, <laughs> I think kids are kind of interested to see more real interactions that they don't get in their media choices. Well, I think it's like everyone is so, and I hate to say this, but like we're so focused a lot of the time on being politically correct that we just like, and I know I, oh, I'm like the, I'm the worst of them. Like, I don't want to offend anyone, but like, can we be honest here? And then I'm not honest. And it's, I, I agree. And also I'm a Bethany. I'm such oh a Bethany. God. I love she her so her. much. I love her so much. I miss her old therapist. Remember when she had that guy who was so sweet oh, to her? Yeah. Uh Oh my God, that old man. Yeah. Yes. He was just so like warm and loving, but anywho. uh. (laughs) So where can we find you online? What is your website? And of course we'll include all of this in the show notes. Okay. So the website is therapylabinc.com. I couldn't get therapylab.com. So we have to add the ink. (laughs) Um, And it's, yeah, you can Google therapy lab, Los Angeles. You'll, you'll find us. And it's all there. And um, you can also, like, there's a button on there. You can click for a free consultation with me or with my colleague, Allie. And I really hope that the website is self-explanatory for people because that's kind of basically the whole concept of it. That's What are your social media links? Because I saw that it's, I know it's on your site, but I saw that you have an Instagram Yes, we just got that started. It's just at Therapy Lab Inc. on Instagram. Amazing. We're going to link it. And Yay. thank you so much for yes, coming on. You. This was so, thank you're you like the sharing. nicest therapist. So oh my gosh. You guys are us. I just followed your account. Aww, thank <laughs> you for sharing everything with us. And thank you for like, you know, some of the quick little gems and little tips to our listeners. We know that they'll like love them. We loved like Aww. hearing everything you had to say. And we love what you're doing. So guys so much. You have a way with words. And Amanda, I just want to say for the record, I think you're rocking it at adulting. I think you got this. <laughs> Good. She needs to hear I'm playing this back to my to my you. And as we you're always like say, so be, be fabulous. fabulous. Bye. Both. How to change Fonda. One, two, three, four. Get your booty on the dance floor. Work it out. Shake it, little mama. Let me see you do the James Bond. Of-